Turn your Bibles to Joshua, the first chapter, or look at the screens, and I'm hopeful that they'll be on cue this week for me. Now, look at there. That was quick. Joshua 1, 1 through 13 in the ESV standard. So listen to this. This is a time when, <clears throat> when the children of Israel are out in the desert, in the wilderness. Leadership is about to change. How many people know that change is difficult? Transition is difficult, but you have to go through it. But I want to read this to you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, this is the Joshua generation. Now, let me say this. The Joshua generation is not an age. Well, that's their Joshua generation. It's an age like the millennials and the, and the Xers and all this stuff. No, no, it is a mindset. And the Lord spoke to the Joshua, uh, Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Here they are about to go into the promised land. Joshua is going to be the leader to take them across. You and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. If I promised it to Moses, you can have it. Everybody say with me, if Moses can have it, and Joshua can have it, I can have it. Because we're as much the children of God as those people in the desert. More. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man. Everybody say, no man. No. Now, I'm add, and nothing. And nothing. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, make no mistake, just as I was with him, so I'll be with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you. Say, if God was with Moses and God was with Joshua, God's going to be with me. And he'll never leave me. That's good stuff. Then he says to Joshua, the Lord speaking, be strong. Be courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land. Notice who he's speaking to. He's talking to Joshua, but he's saying, if you're strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit. Who's going to cause it? Joshua, the leadership. That's why we have to have good leadership. You shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. But only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, from the right, nor to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Now, this is key. I'm not going to minister here today in these points, but this is key messages. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Your mouth, what you say. And let me say this. What you say carries weight. How you speak, what you think, what you say carries great weight, not only in this plane, but in in the spiritual realm. So go ahead and mark that down. And be careful how you say certain things. 
Just be careful. Let's go on. I'll, I'll leave that with you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you, they we're talking about the Word of God, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Gerald, did you hear that? Your way will be prosperous when you follow the Word of God. He said, then your way will be prosperous, and then you will have not just success. What's the word? You'll have good success. He said, have I not commanded you be strong and be courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Doesn't matter if it's in Smyrna. Doesn't matter if it's in Marietta. Doesn't matter if it's in Hiram. Doesn't matter if it's in downtown Atlanta. It doesn't matter if I go to Chattanooga. It doesn't matter if I go to South Florida. What I'm trying to tell you, wherever I go, God's with me. And wherever you go, God is with you. If he, take you, if he took you in, he can take you out. God help me. For the Lord your God will, is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. Prepare your provisions. And I'm telling you today, we as a church are really transitioning and going through a process. We better prepare our provisions. There's no way you can do great exploits without preparing for them. Some people just want to walk into them and say, well, it just happened. It doesn't just happen. Great businesses don't just occur. Great bank accounts don't just happen. You say, well, yeah, I, I, I won the lottery. Well, thank God. If you want it, pay your tithe. <laughs> but you have to be prepared. Everybody say, be prepared. If you're going to go on a vacation, what do you just say? Okay, honey, let's jump in the car and go. I, not with my wife, you won't. Because she, she wants to know what you're going to wear, what the weather's going to be like, what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, what time we're going to do it. Is it going to be fun or is it not going to be fun? Oh, my God. Let's just go. I'm a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. But you got to prepare. You don't just say, well, I'm going to go go jump on a plane. you got to prepare to get on that plane. You gotta have clothes. You gotta have a ticket. You gotta have all these things. But people, when it comes to God, they don't prepare nothing. We don't prepare anything. We don't prepare our ways. And I'm gonna tell you something the kingdom of God is suffering because people have decided not to be a part of the kingdom of God anymore. I heard someone say, and I, Denise said it was, was one person said it, but it was all over the news. They said, This nation doesn't need God, more God. We need more atheists. And I'm going to tell you, that kind of thinking will destroy a nation. We don't need more God. We need more atheists. That's craziness. So prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go and to take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you to possess. This is important. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half the tribe of Manasseh, as Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word of the, uh, that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. That's important. Remember that. It's two and a half tribes there. God brought his people out of Egypt. He did exactly what he said he would do. 
And he brought them out with a mighty hand. But you need to hear this key. Just because God brings you out of something, just because God brought you out doesn't mean you aren't going to go through some stuff. He may have brought you out, but you're still going to go through some stuff. So don't complain about going through the stuff because after you go through the stuff, you're going to get the promise. But here we have the, the children of Israel. They're out there, Pastor Kenny, in the desert. They're out there for 40 years, and they're wandering around, and they wander, Gerald. They're wandering and wandering and wandering. Why? Because of unbelief. They could have done the trip in a couple of weeks. It took 40 years. That's pretty stupid. They needed a GPS. They needed God's power. But for 40 years, they're worried. It's all because of unbelief. I mean, here God brings them out of Egypt with a, the cloud by day and the fire by night. He parts the Red Sea, for goodness sakes. He's doing all these things in their midst, and they still can't believe. He said, well, I'll tell you, I'd have believed. I, I don't know. I've prayed for people right here in this church that have been healed of some terrible things. Prayed for two people that were dead that came back to life in a service. That actually happened. And yet, people, it's like, well... I don't know. I'll come back to church when I feel it. I'm trying to tell you, God's working miracles, but he's not going to work miracles and do divine things for us when we don't even care. He's just not going to, Vic. He's not going to do it. I wished he would, but you know what? God says, no, there's limitations. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to believe in me. You're going to have to trust me. And you really need to serve me because I'm the one that's going to bring you eternal life. Someone said, this is heaven. No, this ain't heaven. Heaven's, let me tell you. But here are these people, they're around in the wilderness, they can't believe in God. Forty years, wandering around. And after all these years of process and learning, everybody say process and learning. When you go through a process, learn. Be educated by it. Get some knowledge from it. And don't go that same route again. If it's a bad, bad route, don't go that route again. I mean, for goodness sakes, if you marry uh, somebody that's a, that's a no good nothing, don't turn around and divorce them and go marry another one that's worse than them. You say, but I would never do that. It happens all the time. But after all those years of process and learning, it's amazing it took them 40 years. I would like to learn that lesson really quick. Now, just as God, after all this, had promised, he's going to now bring them out of the wilderness, and he's going, he's going to take them into the promised land. But there's a key here I want you to remember. There will always be on, around and surrounding the promise, around and surrounding your blessings, there will always be enemies. There will always be obstacles surrounding the promises of God. Always. The enemy camps around the blessings of God trying to keep you out. Let me give you some. In Exodus 3.8. Exodus 3.8 in the ESV. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. 
and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But in that land and around that land are the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. There all these ites are out there trying to stop them from getting to their promise. And I thought this morning, I got there's people that have their mother ites, their father ites, their uncle ites, their wife ites, their children ites, their daughter ites, their son ites. Man, I God was just illuminated in me. He said, You got a lot of ites. You got work ites, labor ites, you got all kinds of ites. He said, and they're there surrounding your promise. And he said, you are going to have to have courage, be very courageous. And you're going to have to stand against the ites, whatever your ite is. You need to get rid of your ite. <clears throat> That's a word from the Lord he gave me earlier this morning. He said, you just understand. They faced all those ites, and you're going to face them. Some of y'all got sickness ites, malady ites. You got hatredites. You got angryites. You got controllingites. You got to get rid of it because you can't coexist with the enemy. You can't love on a rattlesnake and think that rattlesnake's not going to bite you because one day its nature is going. I'm going to bite you. It's its nature. And when you have enemies, and the enemy is there to stop you from the blessing, make no mistake of it, he's going to bite you. So God brought them out of Egypt, brought Israel right out of Egypt. He brought them through the, the, all those ites. But Egypt, when we talk about Egypt, Egypt speaks of what God wants to take you out of. What does God want to take you out of? Because you see, Egypt for us, it's the land of, in us, is our land of, it's, it's in our senses, our carnality. That's our Egypt. We got to get rid of that Egypt. Just stay with me. Because you see, Egypt speaks of, children of Israel, Egypt speaks of bondage. Egypt was never meant to become their identity. I'm, of the, I'm in the world, but not of the world. I may be in Egypt, but I'm not of Egypt. Are you getting it now? I may get into water, but I'm not water. I may walk through the fire, but I'm not going to be burnt by the fire. See, what I'm trying to say is I can be in something and not be of it. And he's saying, I don't want Egypt to become you. And it did them. Here the children of Israel come out, and now they, we want to go back. We want the garlic and the leeks and the melons of Egypt. But with the garlic and the leek and the melons came slavery. And God never meant for it to be this bondage. <clears throat> and never meant for Floyd for them, that to be their identity. And hear this, we are supposed to go through things. We are. We're going to go through things, but not become characterized or enslaved by them. You can't characterize me by that because it's not part of me. 
You can put me in prison, but I'm not of that prison. I may be in it, but not of it. Does that make sense? So you may be going through some trouble, but your trouble, you're not, you're not, you're not, you may be in trouble, you're not of trouble. Maybe in sickness, but not of sickness. Now you're catching it? Because you can walk out of that through the grace and the power of God. You can. So I will not be characterized by the Hittites, the Jerbicites, the Smyrnites. Just as the children of Israel, we will walk through our own personal wilderness coming out of Egypt. Make no mistake. You're going to walk through your own little personal wilderness. You say, not me, man. I'm bad to the bone. No, you're not. You ain't that bad. We're all going to walk that trail. Walk that, my daddy used to sing an old song. We're going to walk that road, that lonesome highway, I think he said. We're all going to walk that road. It's that road of the wilderness. Now, the wilderness, we talked about Egypt just for a moment, but the wilderness speaks of process. In the wilderness, I'm going to be tested. How many people know a test is not fun? It's really not fun. You think it's fun. I, even in school, you gave me a test. I hated it. I just didn't like tests. The wilderness speaks of testing. It speaks of proving. It speaks of learning. It speaks of growing because of the process. The wilderness is an education. Listen to this. The wilderness is an education on how to walk with God. Step by step, it's teaching me something. But you notice in the wilderness, Pastor Kenny, the disobedient, those that just wouldn't listen, that were hard-headed, that generation died in the wilderness. Now, follow me. Everything that restricts you has to die. If there's something in you holding you back, it's got to die. And here's the deal. If a church like this or churches like us will not move in the direction God wants us to move, then he's got to move us out and move in the new group. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God is doing right now, right here, and I want to do it with you. Amen. Bishop, you're not what you used to be. No, I'm more than what I used to be. I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know my limitations. I understand all that. But my joy is seeing you come to a new level. My joy is watching you get healed. My joy is watching you obtain your promise. Come on now, church. We can accomplish anything we set our minds to because we've walked through a wilderness and we're constantly going to be in a wilderness but I'm going to get to my promised land. Hear this. The generation, the disobedient generation died. Steve, it doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter if it's me. Randy, it doesn't matter if it's you. If we're disobedient and we just won't listen, God will just move us out. I, I don't know how to, I can emphasize that any more than that. God will move you out. Anytime in my life that I had problems with someone, I never prayed evil against them because I knew that when that happened, God was going to move them out. That's just the way God works. Anyway, let's go on. So mark this. Every process you go through in life will lead to change. 
if you've gone through a, a sickness and you had to pray your way through it, it it's going to help you and cha- it's going to change you. The Bible says, the word scripture said, I think it was the psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Well, what brought him back? The affliction, the process. So every process you go through will lead to change. So we heard about Egypt, we hear about the wilderness, but what about the promised land? Promised land speaks of possessing what God has promised. And there is a difference between the promise and a possession. A difference between the promise and a possession. I can promise you a lot. But that doesn't mean you're going to get it. The promised land speaks of possessing what God has promised. And there is a difference between promise and possession. Promise is the hope that sustains you until you take hold of what was promised. Did you get that? Promise is the hope that sustains you until you take hold of what is promised. So now we arise corporately, individually, personally, in our lives. We arise and we go over Jordan. Because on the other side of Jordan is a promise. So the Jordan that Scripture speaks about always speaks of transition from one place to the next. We're going through transition. Our church is going through transition. I made some decisions to partner with my son, which was not in my thoughts. But I knew that it was going to bring transition. It was going to bring process. It's going to bring, you know, sometimes it don't feel good. It's, change doesn't feel good. We're going to go over Jordan to transition. It always speaks of transition. And we're transitioning. We're changing. We're going through a, a, a morph. But I'm going to promise you on the other side of the transition is <clears throat> going to be greatness. So crossing over speaks of transition. God wants to move us from one place to the next. And in life you're going to face many transitions. You have to embrace them. Don't run from them. Don't argue with them. Just embrace it. And move on. We embrace the change. How do we do that? We break our old mindsets and our patterns. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll just go to church when I feel like it. That's my mindset. My my pattern is, you know, bishop don't need me there. No, it's not forget bishop. It's the God Almighty that's watching you. He is your creator. Make no mistake about it. God is watching us. Like I said this week, I was gone last week. Y'all probably didn't miss me. But before I left, I made sure my tithe was here. Why? Because I wanted the security, the covenant to walk with me. That's just what I wanted. So you can say, well, you're crazy, Bishop. No, I'm not crazy. I know what I'm doing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that old mindset, the old patterns. Every transition leads us into a process, and every process, the possession of the promise. If there is to be a transition in a snake, 
Every year it does something. Say it. It what? What? It may not want to, <clears throat> but I'll guarantee you, as the old boy said, that snake's going to shed its skin. And for us, there's some things we're going to have to shed. Our likes, dislikes, what I want, what you, it doesn't matter. What matters is what's good for the whole, for the group, for the corporate move of God. <clears throat> you say, well, I don't agree with it. You have a right to be wrong. You have that right. But understand, God is looking at us right now, and I believe he's doing something special with all of us. I believe that with my whole heart. There's some beautiful people in here. I love you guys. There's no other place I'd rather be than right here, right now, because I know God's going to move in a mighty way, and is already moving. But there's certain things you've got to let go of. Come over here, Andy. Stand on this side of him. Now, I want you to lock hands real tight. Just lock, lock hands. Okay. Now, I'm standing over here. I'm a promise. Don't you let go of that. Now, in life, I said the snake's got to shed the skin. Everything comes with a process. Everything comes with transition. Am I right or wrong? There's one thing I know. In order to take hold of something, you've got to let go of something. I'm a promise. I'm what God says you can have, Gerald. All you got to do is take my hand. There you go. You see, there you go. Now did it. You see this? So what he had to do, he had to shed Randy, his old mindset, his old tradition, his old ways, so he could take hands with me. I've got cold hands today. It's cold up here. It is cold in it. And so... I want to use this as a little illustration because there's things in life that we don't want to let go of. I don't want to let go of, of man, I'm telling you, I'm, I don't want to let go of that. I want to make sure I hold on to my tradition. I want to hold on to my passions. I want to hold on to the, uh, my likes and dislikes. And I, I don't want to hold. But you know what? In order to do what God's wanting you to do, you're going to have to let go of that and shed the skin. It's like I, he wrote me last, I think it was last week. Asked me some questions, and that excited me that he was thinking, how do I do this? How do I go forward? How do I make a mark? That's what I heard from what he said to me. And I'm going to tell you, unless you drop something, you can never pick it up. Let's give him a hand. They did a great job. My daddy used to use this illustration. The way they, in Africa, the way they caught monkeys, they take a jar and they put a piece of fruit in it and the monkey would run up to the jar and reach in to grab the fruit and they'd come and catch the monkey why how did they catch the monkey he wouldn't let go of the fruit you say i'd let go no you won't you want it to there's things you're holding on to that you will not let go of well i know who i am i got i got the world by the tail no the world's got you by the tail I am coming out of Egypt, and I'm going to be changed. I'm not of I'm not in. I'm not of Egypt. I'm coming out of Egypt. I'm not of the wilderness. I'm coming out of it. So whatever the ites I have in my life, I'm getting rid of those ites so I can move forward, and I can accomplish whatever God wants me to accomplish. 
I'm going to let go. I'll give you five things that we need to do to get to the promise. If we are going to take possession, we have to know what is ours. If you don't know what's yours, how are you going to take possession of it? How many really know that healing is for you? How many really know that prosperity is for you? That all the blessings that God said, you can have them. All the blessings of the land, is, is, is your, it's your inheritance. But as far as I can see, most people don't know what already belongs to them through Jesus Christ. It already belongs to you. So if we're going to take possession, we need to know that God is with us. So number one, what is it? You've got to know what it is. Number two, you've got to know God is with you. Joshua, he says, I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. God was with my daddy. God will be with me. If we're going to take possession, we have to meditate upon what God has said, his word. We need to meditate on it. Think about it. If we're going to take possession, then we have to be willing to change and transition. Well, I tell you what. I'm not going to change. I'm going to marry me somebody, and I'm going to stay just like I am. And you're going to stay single. But the thing is, no matter where you got married and who you married to, you're going to make some change. Transition. If we're going to take possession, then we have to be willing to change and transition from one place to another. We have to be ready to move. If we're going to take possession, we're going to have to, this is five. If we're going to take possession, we're going to have to make preparations. Our preparation will bring us into our possession. And the time of preparation is uncomfortable. But it's necessary. We have to do it. It's a time of picking up and it's a time of letting go. It's time of embracing new things and letting some of the old things go. I mean, church has changed. Jesus hasn't changed. But the way we do services has changed. I remember back when I stood on this platform with 100 voices by, behind me right here. And an orchestra. Y'all remember? Some of y'all remember. And I would sing. No less than 11 songs a service. Some of y'all remember it. It was ridiculous. But we don't do it that way. It's just not the way it's done anymore. People say, man, you've already sung so much, you just sit down and shut up. They want it in. They want, we live in a society where things got to be quick, precise, concise, and you got to get it done now. Look even with baseball, what they did. They put a time limit on it. I mean, you can't play a game till 3 o'clock in the morning anymore. They're going to change all that. I mean, change. I mean, there are some churches that have service. They start at 10 and get out at 2. Did I lie, Gerald? I told the truth. I don't know how your church did when you was a kid. All day. That's right. That's, you went prepared all day. Till 7 that night. My God. Okay, today we're going to go all the way to 7. I want him to feel at home. 
So the time of preparing Floy is uncomfortable. Matter of fact, you women that cook a lot, and men too, you cook a lot. There's a lot of preparation that goes into fixing a meal before you ever fix the meal. But there has to be a willingness to release the past and move where God wants you to move and put your hand into the future. Grab a hold of the future. Let me tell you something. I may be 37 years old, but the truth of the matter is I'm always looking forward to tomorrow because I really believe that if I can see it and I can believe it, I can have it. And I believe the same thing for you. I won't read this right now, but Joshua 1, 10 through 17, you read it on your own. You'll find out that the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the Manasseh. You had the Reubenites, the Reubens, Gad, and Manasseh. Two and a half tribes. They decided, they went to Moses and said, we're not going to go over. We want our possession on the east side of Jordan. So now you got Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, half of them. You say, well, why did they do that? Because they had a large livestock. And the land was more conducive there than it was on the other side. So Moses, Moses wasn't too happy about that because he said, if you do that, we're going to go in across and we're going to face the, the ites, the Canaanites, Jerbasites, and all those other ites. We're going to face them. And y'all are going to be back here. He said, the only way I'm going to allow that is if you come and fight in the forefront of the battle. So the people will see and not lose heart that you are afraid, that you are fearful. So they agreed. And then Moses blessed them, blessed their land. So the east side of Jordan became their possession. Now they have a possession. They have the possession, but the other children of Israel did not have it. Yet. So there are people that have gone before us that have possessed that are going to lead the way into our possession. My daddy led me into my possession. My uncles led me into my possession. Some good people that I was connected to in this house over the years has helped lead me into my possession. Just like the two and a half tribes that stayed on the that got their possession on the east side. They still fought in the forefront of the battle because they were good warriors and helped them to conquer the land. Before they could settle in, they had to conquer the land for the, other, for the rest of the people. So I'm here to tell you, it's a corporate move. I don't just get blessed and I say, I forget Gerald. I don't care about Gerald. I don't care about Pat. Call us. I'm blessed. No, that's not the way it works. I'm blessed, and now I'm going to help you get there. Does that make sense? I'm going to help you see it. Because, you see, whatever I want for you is going to come back to me. 